Thank you for joining me for worship for our New Year's Eve worship. Our order of service will begin in our bulletin and we'll start right now with hymn number 75, Father, Let Me Dedicate. Father, let me dedicate all this year to you in whatever my earthly state, in whatever I do, not from sorrow, pain, or care, freedom dare I claim. This alone shall be my prayer, glorify your name. Can a child presume to choose where or how to live? Can a father's love refuse all the best to give? More you give me every day than the best can claim. Help me trust you that I may glorify your name. If in mercy you prolong joys that now are mine, if on life serene and fair, brighter rays may shine. Let my glad heart, while it sings, you in all proclaim. And whatever the future brings, glorify your name. If you have for me a cross and its shadow come, Turning all my gain to loss, shrouding hard and old. Let me think how your dear Son to his glory came, and in deepest woe pray on, glorify your name. We worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, I per Savior Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, whose grace and love do not change with the changing years for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our 
epistle reading for this New Year's Eve is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, where the Apostle Peter encourages us, oh, as the years change to keep on living as children of God, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And... This is the word that was preached to you. Alleluia. God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 13, Verses 1 to 9, reading in which Jesus encourages us to live lives of repentance. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. sing our next hymn, hymn number 441, O God, our help in ages past. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Under the shadow of your throne, your saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is your arm alone, and our defense is sure. Before the hills in order stood, or earth received its fray. From everlasting you are God, to endless years the same. A thousand ages in your sight are like an evening gone. Short as the watch that ends the night before
before the rising sun. Time like an ever-rolling stream soon bears us all away. We fly forgotten as a dream dies at the opening day. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, still be our guard while troubles last, and our eternal Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. The word of God we want to consider this New Year's Eve is our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 51. The reading is verses 1 to 6, but we're especially going to look at verses 4 and 6, 4 through 6, as the basis of our meditation tonight. I'll share with you again the whole reading. This is what the Lord says. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like a garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving in the sound of singing. And now that second portion of the reading. Listen to me, my people, hear me, my nation. The law will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily and my salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, look at the earth beneath, the heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever, my righteousness will never fail. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow believers, whose hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, whenever things don't seem to be going quite right in our lives, we tend to wish that something would happen that would change everything and make it right. You know, if only, if your favorite football team is playing a game and they're behind, you might say, if only we could add another quarter or another 10 minutes to this football game. Oh, and when we're having trouble balancing our checkbook or, or making ends meet financially, we might be inclined to say, if only I had a few hundred dollars more, if only I had an extra paycheck, 
And if we're having family or relationship or work or job or emotional problems, we might be inclined to say, if only someone would change it all. Perhaps at times Murphy's Law, not scriptural law of course, but Murphy's Law it says if anything can go wrong it will. That seems to be the theme of our lives or at least maybe we might think it is. Then when that's the case we might be inclined to just kind of pray if if only the events of my life could go my way for a change. If only. If only. How often haven't those two words popped into our heads or maybe burst forth from our mouths? In our reading this New Year's Eve, the prophet Isaiah brings great news to us great news to us that our if-onlys, really, they all have been answered by our God. They've all been answered by our God because God's salvation is on the way. God's salvation is on the way. And, and even now through faith in Jesus, well, we can experience that salvation because we're forgiven, we're children of God. We're children of God. We're at peace with God. So let's listen to Jesus. Let's wait in hope. And let's look forward to eternal salvation. In the chapter prior to our reading, the prophet Isaiah wrote about, wrote about the Israelites, about Israel, Israel's sin how they had rebelled against God, how they were worshiping idols. And because they were doing that, well, God said he was going to send the Babylonian captivity to, he was going to send the Babylonian army in to destroy Jerusalem, to temp, the temple, to carry the people off into this captivity. When we see how often it was true with the Israelite people that they seemed to be rebelling against God all the time, we'd actually have to kind of wonder how could they be so foolish as to keep on doing that, that they go after imaginary idols who couldn't do anything for them instead of looking to the Lord who, who divided the Red Sea, who sent those ten plagues, who gave them the land of Palestine. But now, what we need to recognize, of course, is that we're a lot like those Israelite people, that maybe we don't bow down to gods like the Canaanite gods, like Baal or Ashtoreth. Maybe we don't do that. But the fact of the matter is, is that whenever we sin, we're rebelling against God like they were. We're rebelling against God like they were. And when we rebel against God, when we sin against God, we're placing ourselves over God, above God, which means actually that we're, we're making ourselves our God, whether we realize it or not. So we need a Savior just as much as the people of Isaiah's day needed the Savior. Since that is our condition, 
it's comforting for us to hear our Savior say to us, listen to me, my people, hear me, my nation. If anyone would sin against us, if anyone would hurt or harm us as much as we could say that we've done to our God, wouldn't we be inclined to tell that person that we never wanted to see them again? But look at what God does here. God looks at his people and he still calls them his people, his nation. He calls them mine. That's what he says. He says, listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. And now see, he doesn't reject us. He wants us to be his own. So he says, listen to me, the law will go out from me. In this phrase, the law, it doesn't just refer to the Ten Commandments or to the other laws that God gave to the Israelite people, but actually it refers to the whole of Scripture, the whole of Scripture. In the broad sense, it's talking about the whole Bible, all of God's message to us, both law and gospel. And now Jesus wants us to listen to the law that shows us our sins to keep us humble. Of course, listening to the law, that doesn't mean that we just hear the words. It means that well, with the Holy Spirit working on our hearts, we want to fight against the sin that's in our lives. We want to live as God's believing children. And now, if we don't want the Holy Spirit's help to fight against the sin that's in our lives, if we don't want to follow God's will, then we aren't really listening to what our loving Lord is saying to us then we'd be rejecting the forgiveness that he won for us with his death on the cross. So, so let's listen to the law and let's also listen to the gospel and, and be strengthened and built up in our faith in our Savior, Jesus. Well, Jesus said, My justice will become a light to the Gentiles. Every guilty criminal has to fear justice because justice says he's going to be punished. And now since we're guilty sinners, we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. Well, doesn't that mean also that we should hate God's justice? Shouldn't God's justice, sense of justice, absolutely scare us to death? How could his justice be a light, as it says here, for anyone? Well, his justice is a light for us because instead of treating us as we deserve on our own, he treats us according to his grace and love. God's sense of justice means that he couldn't just overlook or ignore the sin and rebellion that's in our lives. The wages of sin is death. That's what it is, period. It's eternal death, and it had to be paid in full. So to satisfy God's sense of justice, God sent his son to come into this world so that God became also man and could be our Savior. As a result, the blood of Jesus, God's son, purifies us 
from all sin. The justice Jesus wants us to listen to is that, as scripture says, Paul says, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then he continues on, we are justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. The Greek writer Zeno once said, we have two ears but only one mouth so that we may hear more and speak less. That's such a good statement for us to remember when it comes to God's word. How important it is that we would hear more and more about the word of God so that then we'd have the ability to speak something about the word of God. And that's so important because the gospel, we know it is, as scripture says, the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And since, well, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ, well, let's listen to that word of God, to Jesus and his word, and take that word to heart as much as we possibly can. Let's take advantage of our regular and special worship services and our Bible classes, our devotions as much as we possibly can so that we can be blessed by the word of God. When we're doing a great deal of listening to what the word of God has to say, when we're using those two ears that we have more than we're using the, two, the one mouth that we have, then what's also going to be the case is that we'll know what the Word of God says more and we'll be capable, better, more capable of sharing that Word with others with our one mouth. Oh, for example, we've all heard people who are supposed to be good Christians who says, it's okay if you tell a little white lie it's okay to do that, especially if you're not hurting anyone, if it doesn't hurt anyone. And if we've heard statements like that, maybe we need to listen to the word of God a little bit more, which says, lips that lie are disgusting to the Lord, but honest people are his delight. So let's listen to Christ and his word as much as we possibly can so that we better know what the word of God says and so that we're always sharing what the word of God really says and not our own opinions. Our opinions can so easily be wrong and could lead someone astray. Well, Jesus said, my righteousness draws near speedily my salvation is on the way. When our Savior said this in prophecy, he was saying that the time was getting closer and closer for his entrance into the world to suffer and die, to pay for our sins and to rise from the dead to prove that he had accomplished his work. When Isaiah wrote this, it was about 700 years till the Savior would come. But Christ's salvation is on the way. That also means, it's also talking about how, well, 
Christ's salvation is on the way when the Holy Spirit is working through the word of God to reach people's hearts and souls with the gospel, to make people into believing children of God. And Christ's salvation, ultimately, it's on the way because we're always getting closer to judgment day, always getting closer to the day when the Lord will come and take us home to be with him forever in heaven. Well, Jesus said, My arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. The picture here that Isaiah is giving us is that the Lord Jesus' arms, they're big and strong and so capable of, well, fighting against Satan and sin and then also delivering us from the evil that's in this world. And those arms of God, they can reach even the islands here. It's those who seem to be in a place where no one is able to help them. And he will bring them his justice, it says. He'll bring to them his law and his gospel to show them their sins, to show them the Savior, to work on their hearts, to make them believing children of God. See, Christ's salvation, it is on the way. And knowing that Christ's salvation is on the way, that means that what we can do is we can wait in hope. We can know, hey, we're always getting closer to our eternal home, to that place where we'll have blessings forever and no more of the if-onlys that sometimes we face in this life. Oh, there was a submarine that had gotten rammed by another ship, and when it was rammed by this other ship, the submarine began to sink quickly to the ocean bottom, and the entire crew on board that submarine, they were trapped. There was absolutely nothing that they could do. They were just waiting to die. There was a diver, though, that was able to swim down to the, to the submarine, but he couldn't save the crew. He couldn't do anything, and through the submarine's hull, he heard someone tapping out in Morse code the message, is there any hope? And see, there wasn't much hope, really any hope for them to be rescued from their sea grave. Now, sometimes people in this life feel like those people on board that vessel. No hope, nothing, nothing. But that's only true if you don't have the Savior. In our lives, there may be times when we're drowning in life's trials and troubles and problems. However, those earthly troubles, they cannot drown our souls because through faith we know that Christ's salvation is on the way. And so we can continually, confidently wait in hope for that salvation. Jesus said, lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. This earth and everything in it, the days, the months, the years, 
they're all passing by even life's trials and troubles. They're all transitory. That's something for us to remember. And isn't it amazing when we think about the temporary nature of this life that ultimately we can get so bothered and so upset by earthly things that are only temporary. Jesus said, but my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. So let's listen to Jesus, to his law and gospel so that, well, we see our sin, but then we also see the amazing grace and love of God and know our salvation in Jesus. Oh, how often does it seem as if your life is in an utter turmoil that everything is going wrong? How often do we feel like saying, if anything can go wrong, it will? There probably are plenty of times when we'd feel that way, but when we feel like saying, if only this could be changed. Well, God help us to recognize that what Jesus did is he changed what really needs changing. When he went to the cross and paid for our sins and won for us heaven, Christ's salvation is on the way. The problems, the problems in our lives that really need solving, they've been solved by Jesus. Let's recognize that. Jesus lived and died for us to pay for all of our sins. He rose from the dead to prove that our sins are paid for. And he gives us his blood and righteousness so our sins are washed away. We have his holiness. We can stand before God. And know that God's going to look at us because of the God-given, God-word faith that we have in Jesus He's going to say you're worthy of eternal life. Not that we've earned or deserved it, but that Christ has earned and deserved it for us. So as we prepare to end 2022 and begin 2023, as we prepare for the new year, we don't have to think that Murphy's Law, if anything can go wrong, it will, that that will be the rule or the theme of our coming year. We don't have to be afraid that 2023 could bring us more troubles than 2022 did. We can remember Christ's salvation is on the way. By God's grace, we're his believing children and we're always getting closer to our eternal home. On what better note could we end 2022 and prepare to enter 2023? Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Eternal Father, you have placed us in a world of space and time, and through the events of our lives, you bless us with your love. Grant that in 2023, we may know your presence, see your love at work, and live in the light of the event which gives us joy forevermore. The coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we gather up all of the prayers we have tonight as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Thank you for joining me for our New Year's Eve worship. Hope maybe you're able to join us tomorrow for our New Year's Day services. We have services, our regular Sunday schedule with, with worship at 8 and 10.30, Bible class Sunday school in between. Hope you're able to join us for that. Prayer for you is that you have a safe, enjoyable, happy New Year. The Lord bless and keep you always.